Welcome back to the Gridiron Podcast, where we talk all things college football and NFL. My name is Braden Dorman, alongside me, Bryce Peterson. And today we are going to be talking a lot of things about the franchise tag deadline that just ended, as well as some um, signings, some releases, and just a lot of the chit-chat that's going around the NFL right now. And uh, it's going to continue our countdown to the draft series, because the draft is totally affected by all these offseason moves, and uh, people they pick are change and fluctuate because of people that they bring in throughout the offseason. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you guys are having a great week. So, yes, this is a little bit of a switch up from what we told you guys. We told you guys we were bringing on Scott Porter. Well, surprise, we didn't foresee this many moves going on on Tuesday this week, or really at all during this week. So, this is what the game plan is. Today, we are releasing a special, shorter episode. Hopefully, we're going to see how long this goes. But we're going to release this special episode on the franchise tag deadline as well as some of the other big moves such as the Dak Prescott contract. We're going to release this on Thursday. At some point this weekend, either Saturday or Sunday, be on the lookout on our Instagram and we'll announce it. We're going to release part one of Scott Porter's mock draft. We had him on, had a ton of fun recording with him. His mock draft will be in two parts. We're going to release part one sometime this weekend, hopefully, and then part two will be coming in the near future, depending on what happens with the NFL over the next couple weeks as far as news. It will either be on Thursday or it will be pushed to the following weekend or week. So as always, be sure to tune into our Instagram, especially as we kind of had some episodes stack up here and we're just kind of releasing them as we can get them finished. And as we promised you guys, we would get them done for you guys. So what we're trying to say is we have a lot of content coming towards you guys in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we're excited to get it out to you guys because, yes, uh, we have a lot to talk about today, and the Scott Porter uh, two-part episode was pretty fun to record, so um, can't wait to get that to you guys. Obviously, the first thing we're going to talk about is the mega deal, four-year, $160 million for Dak Prescott, as he's going to stay with the Dallas Cowboys and be their face of the franchise. He's been waiting it out, waiting it out, waiting it out, and he finally gets that huge deal that I honestly never thought would happen. I don't know if I would pay Dak Prescott $40 million a year, but the Cowboys are doing it. And Bryce, what do you think about this deal? Well, it's a huge deal. Four years, $160 million-ish is what it's showing as the biggest signing bonus in NFL history, above Patrick Mahomes, above Aaron Rodgers, $66 million as a signing bonus. Moving on from that, this contract is structured as a four-year deal. So right now, it's structured as four years. But the Cowboys can void it out into a six-year deal in order to keep them under the cap. So this means that the base salary for this upcoming season in 2021 will be $9 million. And as it gets through the contract, it'll be a little bit more heavy. So 2022 will be $20 million, 2023 $31 million. Potential buyout after 2023 would be $126 million and $26.4 million in dead cap space, as well as the base salary would kind of inch out at 2025, and he would be an unrestricted free agent on 2025 if they did not extend the contract to the six years that I was referring to earlier. I think this is a huge contract. Is he worth it? In my opinion, he's not worth this kind of money. I think Dak Prescott was a, is 
and was a great talent. He's shown that he can get the Cowboys to some playoff games, win 10, 12 games a year. He's a solid quarterback, but I don't think he's worth a Patrick Mahomes-like contract that he just got. And honestly, he played his cards so well. He played them so that Jerry Jones had no option. Jerry Jones decided to wait. Had he signed him before the Patrick Mahomes contract, this contract wouldn't be near as high. But because it's now after the Patrick Mahomes contract, and this is where quarterback contracts are trending now, this is where the Cowboys ended up paying the price for that. I don't think Dak Prescott is worth it, but it's good for both the Cowboys organization and Dak Prescott to be together for the next four years, at least until 2024, possibly till 2026. Yeah, the quarterback is the most important position on the field in the NFL. Um, so to know that you have a solid guy in Dak Prescott for the at least the next four years, that's got to be a great feeling. But you're gonna have to things are gonna change because you're paying this guy this amount of money each year. You're gonna not gonna be able to pay other guys as much, and other positions may fall apart a little bit. So they are definitely in win now mode, I would say, um, which is crazy to think after they won. Six games this year, I believe. So, they have a very winnable division in the NFC East. They have a good offense. It's just going to be about putting the pieces around Dak. And, I mean, with the amount of money he's taking, we're going to continue to say this. Like, the more money the quarterback's taking, the less money you're going to be able to put towards the rest of your team. And maybe the less success you'll have, depending on how great that quarterback is. Um, so, only time will tell how what this trade, or what this contract means for the Cowboys, I'm probably with you, though. I, I don't know if I would have paid this guy this amount of money. Yeah, and something else to look out for, it's $95 million in dead cap space for 2021. That's a huge chunk of money that Dallas is giving up because that could they could be possibly giving up because of this. I think you're now running the risk of Dak Prescott having another injury or suddenly becoming the Carson Wentz and losing all confidence that you've locked him into a big contract. How are you going to get him out? I don't really see a great buyout or trade-out option here. So that is my concern with this contract. Yeah, I mean, hey, we both cheer for two of the bigger teams in the NFC, and Cowboys are always they're always a little scary. So I'm not I'm fine with them making this deal. Like, there's it's a go big or go home contract for sure. And uh, you know, certain people hope it's going to go big. I might be one of those people that hope it, hopes he goes uh, goes home. So, Dak Prescott, four years, one sixty, signing bonus of sixty six million, pretty crazy. Um, didn't expect to see this happen, but this is kind of gonna set off our quarterback news moving forward in free agency, as that will start here soon. Moving on, franchise takes. The deadline is now over when we are recording this, and obviously it'll be over when you guys are hearing this. Um, there were some big big names uh, staying around. Kind of some surprises, and I'll say the first one for me was Chicago holding on to Allen Robinson. I thought Allen Robinson was going to be one of the bigger free agents this year. I thought the Bears might move on from him. But he is also one of the better receivers in the NFL, so for them to keep him for at least another year uh, is big. Yeah, had you guys been tuned into the Instagram that we released 14 different graphics. That's how many big moves there were today so that was definitely something we're sorry if you felt like it was spam it was just all kind of going on going down today but going back to your point i'm kind of shocked as well but here's the thing what if chicago gets russell wilson 
mm-hmm. and you let Allen Rob- Robinson walk, then you're in huge trouble because you just got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, NFC, and now you don't really have offensive weapons. I think this could be a future think move for Chicago. I don't think they'll get Russell Wilson, but the what if is, I think, the reason why Chicago is it's worth the franchise tag. Even though it's worth almost as much as he was asking per year, it's worth it to at least have him for one more year in case you get Russell Wilson. Price, price, price. I thought we weren't going to talk about Russell Wilson. I've had enough of this chit-chat about it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that makes sense. I mean, we're already going to be bashing the Seahawks enough. So, um, you know, obviously I want to move on from this conversation. But if Russell Wilson does Chicago Bear in a week, give some props to Bryce Peterson. Well, here's the other thing. Russell Wilson's list is now down to three teams. It's no longer four teams, fuck out. No, the Cowboys are no longer in the conversation, so the Bears' chances just went up 33%. Oh, so gosh. here come the Chicago Bears. I don't think they'll get him. That's not a hot take. Anybody, don't quote me on it. But I think it is an insurance move by the Chicago Bears. Make sure you have the weapon if by some chance you were able to get Russell Wilson. You have him on rent for one more year. Why not? I mean, I like it for the Bears. Uh, going over a couple other uh, franchise tags, actually three safeties um, getting the franchise tag. The New York Jets, Marcus May, the New Orleans Saints, and Marcus Williams, and then the Denver Broncos and Justin Simmons. Um, I think Simmons is one of the better safeties in football right now, so for them to hold on to him is huge. And then also Marcus Williams, um, Scott Porter on the episode that you guys will hear. He's pretty big on Marcus Williams as well. He said he thinks he's one of the more underrated safeties in the NFL. Um, so he'll be sticking around. And then Marcus May with the Jets, you know, they're obviously moving forward in the future. He's a young guy, so it's good for them to hold on to him. The New Orleans move was really confusing to me. I think there were so many other better tags that they could have done or not used the tag for that matter. But they chose to hold on to their safety, Marcus Williams. He'll be in New Orleans for another year. Obviously, it fills one of their possible holes that New Orleans might have, but it was definitely a question move for me. Like, why would you not tag a guy like Jameis Winston or something like that? That was definitely a reason why I was really confused. But why not? He's a good player. Use the franchise tag. See if he's good enough to get a contract extension or you can continue working on a contract extension for him. Just a really confusing move for me. Yeah, we'll have to see how that pans out, but let's look ahead at what I thought was another one of the biggest deals was Chris Godwin going back to Tampa Bay. We know Tampa Bay has a lot of different guys they need to hold on to, and Godwin was one of the more important ones. Um, Having Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, I mean, that made life easy for Tom Brady this past season, and Bringing Godwin back at least for another year, um, allowing more time to figure out a contract was pretty big for them. Yeah, it was somebody that you had said you didn't think was going back at all. And honestly, at this point, I'm surprised he did come back. I think they'll sign him to an extension next year, seeing that they wanted him bad enough to put a franchise tag down on him. I think another thing is, is it allowed for them to sign extensions to Levante David, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But... You know, it's keeping Tom Brady's weapons upgraded and open and giving him the best chance to succeed, which I commend the Bucks for, so well done to them. Yeah, and there were obviously some rumors, I don't know if our listeners had heard them, but 
Odell Beckham Jr. There's been questions on if he's going to come back to the Browns. And apparently Tom Brady is trying to get the Buccaneers to bring Odell Beckham in. Do you think that takes away those rumors now that Godwin is set in stone as a Buccaneer next yeah, year? Yeah, Godwin's there, and I didn't think it was real to begin with. Whether Beckham is upset in Cleveland or not, Cleveland wasn't going to trade him away. And if they were, it was going to be for a world of picks and people, which the Buccaneers don't have. So I didn't think it was legitimate to begin with, but now it's definitely not legitimate. Some other franchise tags. The New York Giants uh, are keeping Leonard Williams, which is huge because he was a game wrecker last year, and that front seven for the Giants um, is what I think is going to help propel them towards a possible NFC East championship next year. So that's huge. And then another NFC East team, the Washington football team, holding on to their star guard, Brandon Scherf. Um, to hopefully protect whoever their quarterback is going to be next year. And then to round it out, the Jacksonville Jaguars got or kept Cam Robinson, um, the, an offensive tackle. You know, they're bringing in Trevor Lawrence here, we would expect, here in a couple months. So to have Cam Robinson set in stone there um, is good for Lawrence. Yeah, I think the biggest tag out of those for me is the Leonard Williams one. I've liked him since he came out of USC a long, uh, five years ago. Three years ago? One of those two. About five. I think it was five-ish. I've liked him since then. He was kind of a small disappointment in Jacksonville. People wondered if he was a bust, or the Jets, excuse me. And people wondered if he was a bust, and he's shown that he wasn't at New York, and it's smart of them to tag him, get a year to hopefully get the salary cap up again next year, have a better chance at re-signing him to a new contract without totally tanking your team. Very smart by the Giants. Also smart by Jacksonville to keep Cam Robinson. It'll help out Trevor Lawrence. It'll make his job easier. Those two teams, I think, definitely won the franchise tag deadline. Yeah. Yeah, so teams are making these franchise tag moves, but some teams decided not to use their franchise tag. And when they don't, there are certain players that are going to be heading towards free agency. And... There were a lot of cases, and a lot of big cases um, today, especially. And let's start with New England. They are letting Joe Thune go. He's just one of the best offensive guards in football. Um, apparently, they're just kind of looking towards the future because Thune's probably going to make some money um, on a big team somewhere else, and I would expect it to be a good amount of money. Um, they did make a trade for Oakland's tackle, Trent Brown, also today. For a fifth round pick so they bring in one tackle and they do lose a guard as of now they could re-sign Thune but I would expect since they did not franchise tag him he's gonna be moving out yeah for sure I think unless by some miracle New England extends him I think he's probably on his way out and he'll find his way to a team like Kansas City that has needs on the interior offensive line and I think something that we kind of just barely touched on in the draft episode which you guys will hear soon is tackles are kind of the fundamental piece of an offensive line lately in this new era NFL where the edge rushers are really what wreck games. And if you don't have good tackles, you're not going to be able to play well. And I think this could be New England's contention plan if, say, Mac Jones falls to them and they can pick up Mac Jones, then they already have a tackle that's there that can protect Mac Jones I think it's a lateral move, but I'm glad that New England did it. I think it's a good move on their part, but it doesn't gain them anything, doesn't lose them anything. It just allows for them to 
be set up for the future more than the now. And then we talk about my Seattle Seahawks, who I honestly did think they were going to franchise take somebody. And instead, Chris Carson, the running back, and Shaquille Griffin, arguably our best cornerback, neither of them were tagged, and they're both going to be looking to go into free agency. I expect the Seahawks to possibly retain one of these guys. I just don't know if, if both of them will be Seahawks next year, which stinks because they're both two good players that help the success for the Seattle Seahawks. If you had to pick one that you think are, is going to come back, tell me which one, and then where do you think the other guy may go? I think Chris Carson is the more likely one because I think he's going to be the cheaper option of the two. I think Shaquille Griffin is going to expect more from Seattle as far as contracts because corner contracts have increasingly gotten higher and he played really well in Seattle the last couple of years. It's kind of underwhelming the first year or two out of college, but it's really come on in the last couple. I really like Shaquille Griffin. I'd love to see him go to a team like my Packers that have a secondary need or other teams that have secondary needs. I think they're likely more likely to ha- let him walk and keep Chris Carson because as we talked about with Scott, which you guys once again will hear soon, it's pretty deep as far as DBs in this draft. And so Seattle could be thinking, hey, I can go DB in round one or two. Not round, not one. but Well, not one. Like early round two, somewhere in that gap, try and replace Shaquille Griffin with a cheaper rookie guy. I think Chris Carson is definitely the more likely guy to stick around. Just as shocked as you are that they didn't tag anybody. But it probably was cheaper for them not to tag anybody and just sign somebody to a longer term deal than tag somebody and then do it in the future. I'm actually the other way around. I think um, Shaquille Griffin would be the more likely person to come back just because they're not too, they don't have too many guys at corner. Um, and Griffin's proven that he's pretty solid. So I think they're going to try to bring him back. And then as far as Chris Carson, as sad as it is for me, I think he may move on. And they do have Rashad Penny that hopefully can take over as, as the main guy in Seattle. And they also have Carlos Hyde. We'll see what happens with him. So they have some depth there which is why I think they would go Griffin over Carson, but we'll have to see. Moving on, the Green Bay Packers. Bryce's Green Bay Packers. Did not franchise Tay Aaron Jones, which is probably expected. Um, he may be, may be moving out, but they, kind of like the Seahawks, have some other running backs. A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, we'll see what he does. We'll see if they stick around. So they have some depth at running back to where Aaron Jones may be heading to a new home next year. I'd argue Green Bay has even more depth than Seattle does. And here's the thing is, Jamal Williams is a free agent, but he'll be much cheaper than Aaron Jones is. And A.J. Dillon kind of shined in the few games that we let him play in this past year. The thing that Green Bay has done continually over the years is draft running backs, draft running backs, draft running backs. And when guys get good, you let them go. You keep it cheap at the running back position and let Aaron Rodgers do his thing. I think this is what Green Bay is going to continue to do. I think Jones is on his way out. I don't think he'll be here next year. As much as I'd like to see him sign an extension, I don't think the Packers can afford it. They didn't have much cap space to begin with in this offseason, let alone the tightened down salary cap that the NFL will have this year. And if we're trying to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons on the offensive side of the ball and keep the defense where it was, we don't have money to keep Aaron Jones. I think he's on his way out. Yeah, I think he may be heading to the AFC East. Um, I think the Dolphins are a great possibility. There's been a lot of rumors around Aaron Jones and the Dolphins. 
But they still have to decide if they want to maybe draft a running back, maybe a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. But if they would rather go Aaron Jones, they, they have the cap space, that could happen. I could also see him going to the New York Jets, who are in need of a running back. And they're about to draft a quarterback, we assume. So to get a veteran running back behind him um, could definitely help whoever that may be out. Yeah, and then to list some other guys, and we'll kind of bounce back and forth here. Arizona, let Reddick go. Detroit, let Kenny Galladay go. Atlanta, let Keanu Neal go. Pittsburgh, let Bud Dupree go. And the Chargers, let Hunter Henry go. Some big-name players that definitely made a difference on their teams. Who are your two or three standouts from that list of five that I just gave you that are the most questionable ones? And what are some that I think that you think are the biggest potential for big contracts in free agency? Uh, I think Kenny Galladay kind of surprised me just because Marvin Jones is definitely heading out from Detroit. And Galladay, yes, he was hurt most of this last year, but he was the guy two years ago. And he's still, in my opinion, one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's got the, the size and the strength to go up and get the one-on-one balls. And I still think he has a lot in him. Um, but the lines are moving on. They're, they're moving towards the future. Um, I do think they're going to draft a receiver here in this first round. So we'll see if they decide to extend Galladay or send him off. The Dolphins are, once again, a team that I've heard Kenny Galladay rumors around. So expect the Dolphins to make a move here, whether it be Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, or someone else here in the near future. That would be pretty crazy if they could go Galladay and then maybe even draft another receiver in the draft. Hunter Henry, I mean, he's another guy. I think he's probably my top guy out of that list of five that I think would be up for one of the bigger contracts in free agency. Him or Bud Dupree are both big-name guys, big-time players that made huge differences on their respective teams. You're seeing the NFL move towards tight ends, security blankets, like George Kittle, like Travis Kelsey. Where a quarterback's in trouble, they're going to look to the middle-range, short-range routes to their tight ends, but also those tight ends have the ability to go down deep down the field and make catches like receivers would. Yeah, and you also mentioned Bud Dupree. That Pittsburgh defense was awesome at the first 10 games of the year, and Bud Dupree was a big part of that. T.J. Watt does not lead the league in sacks if he doesn't have Bud Dupree um, rushing from the other side, so... It seems like Dupree may find a new home as well, and somebody's going to get a really good pass rusher in him. Keanu Neal, um, not getting the franchise taken in Atlanta. Kind of not surprising to me, just because of all the injuries he's had the last couple of years. But if he can get, can get over those injuries, he's a really talented safety um, that some teams could use in their secondary. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. I'm also not surprised by Arizona letting Reddit go. I think he was a decent player, but not good enough to keep under a salary cap with the new J.J. Watt contract that they now have to take care of. I really think that those guys I listed before, Hunter Henry and Bud Dupree, are two guys that you need to look out for in free agency because wherever they sign, they're going to make big differences in the offense or defense, respectively, of their team. These guys that were not tagged still have an opportunity to be extended, but some other guys are just straight up released, um, and will be hitting free agency, more than likely not going back to their team that released them. Let's start it off with Carlos Dunlap. He got an opportunity to leave the Bengals, who 
I mean, they weren't very successful last year. And go to the Seattle Seahawks, he out actually made a difference. He played like the old Carlos Dunlop um, and made some great plays for the Seahawks. They released him. They are hoping to maybe bring him back on a smaller contract. We'll see if that works out for them or not because their pass rush was way better than it was a couple years ago. And their defense played better because of that pass rush. Um, also, Dan Bailey, released by the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like he's been in the NFL for a while. We'll see if the Vikings go elsewhere or if they try to bring him back. And then Malcolm Butler, my favorite player in the NFL as a Seahawks fan. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, I'm not going to break down on you guys right now. Malcolm Butler, released from the Tennessee Titans. He's getting up there in age. We'll see if he... I mean, at this point, he was just making too much money and um, for the value that he was bringing to the Titans' defense. Yeah, a couple things that I want to touch on. Dunlap, you said he was playing like the old Carlos Dunlap. In fact, he's playing even better than the old Carlos Dunlap. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, he is a way more efficient and effective pass rusher since coming to Seattle Seahawks than his entire career wow. beforehand. I did not know he that. He was suddenly... A standout player, and we thought he was a standout player beforehand. He came out and was very, very good on the Seattle Seahawks. Whether he keeps a contract value on a different team, goes back on a smaller contract, or decides to do some other option with bigger money, he is a game changer, and he made a big change to that Seattle defense. We watched a shift when Carlos Dunlap walked onto the field for the Seattle Seahawks. You could argue part of that was... Jamal Adams as well. But Carlos Dunlap is a big game changer. Next guy, Dan Bailey. He's been in the NFL for a while. He was pretty decent this year and compared to past years. We'll see if he even continues to try and kick. I think he could, but we'll see if he decides to and or if a team is willing to bring him on for the size contract that he was on previously or even for a smaller amount of money. I think he may be starting to make his way out of the NFL in the next five years or so. Malcolm Butler, same thing that you said, not contributing enough for the amount of contract that he had. We'll see if he could end up coming back from the Titans, but I don't know. He's not shown as much promise as people thought he would, especially on the contracts that he signed. I think it was a smart move by the Titans to release him. I, I personally think Malcolm Butler just made the amount of money he did because of one interception he made. Obviously, that game, the Super Bowl-winning interception he made against the Seattle Seahawks put his name on the map. Nobody had heard of him before. And all of a sudden, he signs a big deal with the Titans a couple years later. For what? I don't really know. I mean, because he was on a Patriots-dominant defense, and now that he had to go to another team, kind of showed that his skill really wasn't the amount that he was getting paid. So the Titans are finally able to move on from him and the amount of money they were paying him. Uh, as far as trades, we already talked about that Oakland Trent Brown being sent to the Patriots, but also Isaiah Wilson, an offensive tackle. He was a first-rounder last year on the Tennessee Titans. Had some locker room issues, and he basically said, I want to play football, but I am not going to be a Tennessee Titan. So he ended up being sent to the Miami Dolphins for a seventh-round pick. Pretty crazy that the Dolphins just got a first-round talent one year removed for a seventh-round pick. And, I mean, that's going to help Tua Tagovailoa. And uh, we did talk about it in the draft episode that you guys will hear in the next week or so that they were probably thinking about going offensive tackle on that with that number three pick. 
now that they get uh, Wilson, they can think about getting maybe a receiver or a running back and uh, not have to worry about the offensive tackle. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other big thing about this is it's a huge loss for the Tennessee Titans. They just lost first-round talent for a seventh-round pick. Big unfortunate piece. I think that this trade really helps out Miami, as we talked about on that draft podcast. I think this is a different kind of move than a lot of people were expecting. I feel like this kind of flew under the radar all the way up until about a week ago, and then still even quiet until today when suddenly he was traded away, and we were all kind of like, oh, wow, it's happening right now. So I thought it this trade kind of threw me off, but I think it's a big win for Miami. Pretty decent loss for Tennessee. We'll just see how it works out. Yeah, a lot of tackles being signed or being released or being traded. Another tackle, Kyle Long, uh, is coming out of retirement. He was longtime tackle for the Chicago Bears. His brother, Chris Long, his dad, Howie Long. He is apparently going to try to make a little comeback in this NFL. Do you expect him to make too much money, and do you, where do you see him going possibly? I mean, I maybe the Titans, honestly. Yeah, I don't think he makes a whole lot of money, but I think he does come back and make a difference on one of the younger offensive lines. I think of a team like the New York Jets or some of the other younger offensive lines in the league, Miami Dolphins comes to mind. Maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. I don't care who it is. But he goes in, trains up a younger offensive line, continues to let them sit under him, train under him, let him take leadership of an offensive line. I think that would be the most ideal situation. I also think that he could go ring chasing and sign a small deal for a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, like I mentioned earlier, that have tackle issues. I think he could be a target for some of those teams. Definitely will make an impact. We'll see where he goes and how it all ends up with him. Yeah. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about here on this shortened episode, we're hoping to get you guys two episodes this week. Levante David does sign the two-year, $25 million extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of the best middle linebackers in football. Um, we know the Buccaneers have a lot to bring back. They already got Godwin back through the franchise tag, and now they get Levante David wrapped up for another two years. This is huge for him. Their defense was great this year, and they're going to continue to be really good, especially with David leading the way. Do you think Shaquille Barrett may now be given the boot? Yeah, so I'll admit I was wrong last week. I said that Shaquille Barrett would sign and they'd let Levante David walk. Apparently I was wrong. I apologize. And yes, now I think the roles are going to be flipped. I think they signed Levante David and Shaquille Barrett will now have to walk. I think at some point in time they could maybe even try and take back Shaquille Barrett in a couple years if he signs another long-term or short-term deal. But I think Shaquille Barrett is probably on his way out to go find a new team. And I think this helps him. He'll make more money now after the season that he had in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, you can't sign everybody as as much as you want to, especially after you won a Super Bowl. Guys are now going to be like, all right, I got my ring. Now I want to get paid. So you can't bring everybody back um, from a perfect team. And as long as Tom Brady's going to continue to churn out maybe a couple more playoff appearances, they're going to lose some defensive players so we kind of expect to see Shaquille Barrett move on from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as of now so that's going to do it for this special episode today as we explained earlier this will be released on Thursday you guys are hopefully listening to this on Thursday if not at some point during the weekend and then we're going to release part one of our draft special either Saturday or Sunday be on the lookout for the 
Instagram announcement on that. Expect it no later than Sunday afternoon. We'll have that out for you. It'll be about 35 minutes. This is going to be about the same time length. So you guys are getting the same amount of content. It's just broken up into two separate parts this week. And then next week, we'll let you guys know what we're doing. Draft part two will come out either at some point next week or the following week. And hopefully we're going to have another guest at some point in the next two, three, four weeks. And then the draft is coming up. It's really close. I'm excited, man. We're we're starting to get excited. So as always, thank you guys so much for all your support. Follow us on Instagram at the Gridiron Podcast. Check out our merch, which is in the link in our bio. Also, make sure to send the link to your friends. The link that is in our bio is to our website, and that allows you to listen from any platform that you would like to, Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, any of those that you guys would prefer to listen to your podcasts on. It is on those as long as you go through our link on our website, which is in our Instagram. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a great weekend. We can't wait to share Draft Part 1 with you this weekend. We love you guys. Thank you, and happy football.